0: Some people consider it as a micromanagement is really me making sure that things are getting done. So that's an easy one. But let's go to the even scenario and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If the team is delivering on the goals that we agreed on, how much do you get involved? Do you just say, you know what, it's an autopilot, I don't really care, look at how this is getting done or no, you do something else?
1: No, I think if they're delivering on the goals, you don't wanna also, I don't believe in micromanaging people. I think they need to have that autonomy to do what they have to do. And as long as they're meeting the targets, they're meeting the goals, then it's good. But I think they also need to know because I think there's also a situation that happens. Back in 2006, we had this great idea of starting a digital marketing agency in Vasp. We had no idea what our journey would look like and how our company would grow.
0: In a turn of events, as if we weren't busy enough, a couple of years ago, we launched our SaaS company Fikpi. Two companies run by a husband-wife team, and stretched thin, our life is crazier than ever.
1: Join us every week on Boot Trapped, where we talk about running our two companies, the ups, the downs, and the lessons we learn along the way.
0: Another week, another episode of Boot Trapped. Ayat, how are you doing?
1: Good, good. Doing all right. Things have been a little bit busy, but but doing Okay.
0: You've just had probably your busiest week of the year, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Before we get into all the stuff that you guys have had to do, talk to us. I mean, you get access to all these different companies and their data because they're working with Invasp. So you're, you're looking at conversions and sales and average order value. What are some of the insights you can tell our audience? Actually, tell me even first. It's about the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. How did that pan out?
1: It's been a mixed bag, to be honest, with some of our clients. And the interesting thing is some of the clients that already saw a little bit of a hit in terms of their traffic and overall conversion rates, that trend, of course, continued. So if you compare year over year, how they performed on last year's Black Friday compared to this year, of course, there's a difference there. But then we had some standout accounts that just did absolutely amazing and, you know, exceeded any projections that the client had. So, From that perspective, I guess it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And the client that did really well, they didn't expect it. They had certain projections that they thought they would hit, and they exceeded all those numbers. And they had also suffered from a little bit of a downwards trend. Last few sales that they had did not perform. So this was really great news for them. Other clients, again, like, of course, you see that peak in terms of traffic. But just compared to just because the traffic levels are down and the conversion rates were somewhat down that translating into the end revenue as well. Okay.
0: It's always some will do really well. Some will do really bad. But what are we talking about in terms of percentage? 20% did bad, 80% did well? We can break it down a little bit more
1: for us. Not of all of our clients do campaigns. Actually this year, I believe we'll talk about the ones that actually ran the campaigns. In terms of performance, how they do down? And do you want to talk about like The experiments that we ran or just overall sales?
0: Overall sales. That's what everybody's concerned about. They couldn't care less about your experiments. How did your clients do?
1: So I would say that the the clients that did poorly, probably they saw like maybe like a 15 to 20% drop compared to last year. Whereas the client that did well, again, exceeding what they were expecting, they did probably an increase of, I'm not sure about their numbers, actually, probably have to pull those up, but they exceeded all their projections.
0: Okay, and I guess my question to you: of all the different companies that you work with that ran Black Friday sales, what percentage of those didn't do really well? What percentage did well?
1: I'd say we had twenty five percent that did really well. Okay, and seventy five that did okay.
0: I looked at your data, and it's not like that, by the way, which is interesting. You had twenty five percent that did absolutely horrible, and you had about fifty percent that did normal expected and 25% that did absolutely amazing
1: yeah but you're looking at clients also that didn't necessarily run campaigns so i'm only talking about the ones that ran campaigns
0: no no we'll leave it up to a next uh, different episode no i look at the ones <laughs> because what i'm concerned about also just overall are you doing well or not correct i'm looking we have our polls and especially retailers what are we seeing It's interesting time so how has it been at invest for the last like few days
1: Again, I don't know where you're getting your numbers. We could talk about it offline, but I will say that I need to have more solid numbers in order to probably share. I didn't really expect you to ask me about specifics, but nonetheless, it's fine. We'll discuss it next week. In terms of just at Invest, things are okay. I think during the Black Friday time, it's just a little bit more pressure on the team. It usually comes with the territory of just the period and just the push and clients that typically we might deliver for experiments. That goes up a notch. For them during the Black Friday season, just because, again, we're really trying to push hard during a season that where they get a lot of traffic and some of them see just huge gains. So we try to really capitalize on that. So that adds pressure to the rest of the team from the design perspective, from the development perspective, from the QA perspective. So, you know, you get to hear from some of the team members that are a little bit exhausted and have had a little bit more pressure during this time.
0: I know in previous years, we've had years where, where the team was working over the weekend prior to Cyber Monday. Did you have that or no? How did you manage that and how do you usually manage it?
1: Typically, like, we're very conscious of it because I think you know there were periods of time in the – these are like what I would say like 2017, 2018 – where team members would really dedicate their whole day. We don't do that. What we will do is we'll just have them be available for a certain period, especially if there's like a launch that needs to happen. So it's nothing more than maybe like an hour that's going to take up from their weekend. But nonetheless, like it's... A time where it's annoying for anybody, like if you're on the weekend to jump back in. But you know, it's something that we've discussed with the team, and they're aware of it. And everybody knows how important this period is for us. But we really do try to minimize the amount of time that people are spending during the weekend on the campaigns. And it's just a matter from the CRO perspective, and the person that's leading the team to look at the results, like just be have an eyeball on the results. Because last thing you want is things to go really sour for a client. Last thing you want is the weekend, which is the hottest weekend to go by. And then something's not collecting correctly or a test is not working properly.
0: I think you threw lots of terms. That's probably for a CRO, they all make sense. You said results, not collecting correctly. Talk to us about this, an eye on the results. What do you mean by that?
1: So, you know, again, we run A-B tests and typically they run through a tool. And so keeping an eye, making sure that whatever is coming in from this a b test that you're running, the results make sense and it's computing correctly, so it's just a matter of making sure that the tool is working properly, and there's nothing alarming about the results
0: very good, so that's Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Are things calming down at this point?
1: yeah, for the most I mean some of our clients extend like this period is of course the pre Christmas holiday season, so you still have a lot of like gift buying and whatnot. People try to purchase during the Black Friday and Cyber Monday because. Usually a lot of retailers they'll make the biggest cuts during that period but nonetheless leading up to the holiday season and really like leading up to the deadline of shipping because you have to keep that into account like when is the shipping deadline for everybody and when it comes to the holiday season that's what retailers were typically used that period to still incentivize the customers with the different deals and offers and whatnot. Again, depends on the industry. Not all of our clients fall into that category, but some do. And it can be a, like a stressful season in the sense that you're getting a lot more traffic. So you just want to capitalize on it with the experiments that you're running and you want to make sure that during this time, they are meaningful experience experiments as well.
0: Nice. What else? What kept you busy
1: I think in general, one other thing that we've been trying to do, and this is kind of internal for me as well, is trying to evaluate team members and helping them grow in their different areas. So that's just something that I've been thinking about, even just looking at some of the weaknesses that different team members have. How do we make sure we augment that? What can we offer them in terms of really helping them grow and get to that next level? And then finally, I think the biggest thing for us is really like the sales cycle at Invesp is, and you're very much involved in this, is that how do we make sure that we have a consistent sales cycle? You, You were showing us data of when typically sales happen. And it's just funny because the recollection sometimes is different than what the reality is. So I thought that was really interesting and just trying to figure out the length of time that a contract stays with us. How do we figure out how to extend it? And then how do we figure out also that if clients are signing up at a certain time with us, then they sunset that means at a similar time as well, which is disastrous for us because you lose many of your clients during that period and trying to figure out, like, how do you break that cycle? How do you ensure that... You get business at different times of the year so that you don't have a situation where you're losing a lot of clients during a critical period.
0: That's okay. true. I like that. Yeah, it has been interesting kind of looking at the sales data, doing more analysis, trying to find, and then we have a ton of sales data. So, oh, looking for some sort of correlation there. That's been fascinating because like you said, there are certain things that I remember and then the data says otherwise. I'm like, really? Come on, data. You should be like agreeing with me, but it doesn't always agree. So
1: yeah. How about yourself? What have you been busy with at FigPie?
0: Black Friday, Cyber Monday, kept FigPie fairly busy. So we do a code freeze the Monday prior to Black Friday, where there's nothing new gets released, unless there is, of course, an urgent bug or something like that. But usually the platform is very stable. There's nothing that we're going to release without doing that on QA on. So we went into a code freeze and really it's just monitoring the kind of the systems, making sure that everything runs smoothly. As you can imagine, we get hundreds of millions of visitors during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And it's from that Thursday night, correct? I would say that it continues until about Tuesday night where the traffic just peaks and drops a little bit on maybe Saturday, Sunday, but that picks up again because of Cyber Monday. So we saw it consistently and we were debating earlier today. We're like, hey, we have a whole bunch of new features that we want to push out. They're ready. And we're like, you know what? We still see that there's lots of companies that are using FIGPY that are still running campaigns. We're like, you know what? We're not going to interrupt their campaigns. We're not going to push anything new. The plan was to start pushing some of the code, some of the new features today. We decided to extend it until this coming Monday, just not to cause any issues on the platform. But yeah, one big test for us was, are we going to be able to expand the servers that we have without an issue based on all the demand? And that ran smoothly, which was absolutely amazing. That was the first thing that like, everybody was clapping on Monday morning. They're like, hey, we passed the rough period. Servers at 100% you know, availability, no issues whatsoever, no complaints whatsoever. So that was really excellent. Outside of this, really, we had started ramping it up, some email marketing for FIGPY. So that has been good. We're very busy. There is more and more companies that sign up for FIGPY. Lots of people do self-service, correct? Just find FIGPY, they'll sign up, and then they'll activate, install the code, and they'll start running their own thing. It's fascinating because we get about 30 demo requests per week, which can keep us busy. And some of those demos are really quick. Sometimes they're 15 minutes, sometimes they're an hour. Correct. It depends on the person that you're demoing the account and how many questions they have. So it's been rather keeping us busy between me and Riza doing all these demos. Sometimes you do a demo and I can't read the person that I'm doing the demo for. They just give you this blank stare. And I'm like, okay. But then I discovered somebody had messaged me and they're like, oh, yeah, we already signed up for like three accounts. And those are fairly large accounts. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know. Couldn't even read you when I was doing the demo. And now he's bringing another company, one of his companies, and he wanted me to demo the account to their CTO. So I'm like, yeah, sure, if you already signed up, you probably can demo the account yourself. But sure, I will answer all the questions. So that was the second thing. And then finally, I have been working with the sales and marketing teams to come up with our budget for 2024, trying to figure out what activities we're going to have. What kind of KPIs we will be measuring the activities, of, like measuring the success of those activities on, and then what kind of budgets we need to spend. And that is stressful, by the way, because, and it's funny because we're already spending the money. We spend like, you know, fifty, dollars $100,000 on marketing. When you do it in small chunks without really thinking about it, you're just doing it, which is not a good thing. But when you know that, oh, I'm going to take $100,000 and I'm going to allocate it and I'm the guru. No. For some companies, a hundred thousand dollars, they're like that's a single campaign. I'm like, Yeah, okay. At Our size, a hundred thousand dollars is quite a bit of money. So that's really where we're at, and that's what kept me busy in the last in the last few days. I had reflecting on everything that you've last few days, any big lessons you want to share.
1: It's interesting because we had a, a new team member join and one of the things that we have our weekly meetings, and she's always asking what's your feedback on? Like she's eager to know. Of course, like trying to figure out how do you can give feedback constantly. And then other team members where maybe you're not giving the feedback consistently. So they're always in the cycle, making the same kind of errors and mistakes. So just trying to balance that and figuring that part out is important. But I think, of course, giving that constant feedback, whether it be, I think it's very important to, of course, give positive feedback. And then also if there's some areas of improvement, certainly as well. But I think. Giving areas of improvement also without an action plan is not the way to go. So it's just a matter of trying to think what could be done there. Second is just even for team members, and this is including sales, because I think this is like an issue, is like, how do you make sure you clarify the targets and goals? And not only sales, but again, because I talked about sales a little bit, but like even within the team, ensuring that all the goals, everybody knows what they're trying to achieve and what they're aiming for is important. And making sure just from a lesson perspective, that's clarified as much as possible. How about yourself?
0: It's funny because I've always, maybe this is my first lesson, I've always thought, I'm like, oh, I give people autonomy and I let them do their own thing as long as they're meeting the targets. But then there's me thinking that I do that. And then there's the reality, correct, of what I actually do. And a few things that I've noticed is there are some functions where I don't give enough freedom to the person who's running to make decisions. And sometimes it's the complete opposite. The complete freedom is just a huge mess. So trying to find that right balance. And I think what I'm coming more to is, okay, let's agree. This plays off from your point. Let's agree on what goals we're going to go after for Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, how we're going to measure those goals. Do we agree? What are the activities? And then what I told them is, like, I am going to just really watch those goals. And in order for me to watch those goals and whether we're going to achieve them or not, we do weekly meetings with the different functions. And I think it's important that the reporting that happens during those weekly meetings really matches the goals. I was like, okay, let's keep it at that level because I can go into a such low level of detail and just lose the big picture, which defeats the purpose. Trying to work on that, figuring out the right balance is always interesting. And then finally, and maybe off of that, at what point do you say, you know what, okay, we've agreed on some targets. Here's your goals, whether it's marketing or sales or development. Here are your goals for Q1. Here are your goals for Q2. At what point do you get involved in the details? And at what point do you just stay just at a high level? I think if the team is delivering, okay, so I'm not probably not going to get involved in the details, but when the team does not deliver, it's an easy thing. Okay, I need to drill a little bit deeper. Some people consider it as a micromanagement is really me making sure that things are getting done. So that's an easy one. But let's go to the even scenario, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If the team is delivering on the goals that we agreed on, how much do you get involved? Do you just say, you know what, it's an autopilot, I don't really care, look at how this is getting done, or no, you do something else?
1: No, I think if they're delivering on the goals, you don't want to also, I don't believe in micromanaging people. I think they need to have that autonomy to do what they have to do. And as long as they're meeting the targets, they're meeting the goals, then it's good. But I think they also need to know because I think there's also a situation that happens where sometimes there's an awareness or there's a delivery goal. And then there's like, how am I in tuned and aware of what's going on with my client? There's a combo there. You have to know, even if I'm delivering on my targets, if my client is not happy, then it's the same exact situation. I'm going to come and I'm going to ask and I'm going to say why. I think the team member, whoever they are, in this case, it's client, whoever the stakeholder is, they need to make sure that that stakeholder is also happy. And sometimes it's not about just meeting the goals.
0: So it's funny because you come at it from an investment perspective, which I don't think about at all. I think, yes, even if-
1: No, but you're the stakeholder, right? You're the stakeholder. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know why you're displeased with something, but you know that you are. Even if the targets, and again, I wouldn't imagine if targets are being met that you'd be displeased. Okay, let's just say, for instance, The goal is to write and they're delivering that, but the blogs are not good or they don't meet like a certain criteria. In that case, you're not as a stakeholder going to be happy.
0: Yeah. I think of this a little bit different because yeah, you might be meeting the goals that I have, but also what kind of processes are you following? The culture that's around those processes is also important, correct? Because I'm not going to be also completely removed from how things are getting done at the company. I want to know that everything is done correctly and we're achieving that goal. I don't want to achieve the goal with you not doing all the steps that are required. Go so back to the example of content producing. You're producing blogs. Maybe part of that is you're doing research. You're like interviewing people. You're, and I might be pleased by the way with the concept. Oh, this blog is absolutely amazing. It's ranking really well, driving lots of traffic. But then I find out that's yeah. I actually didn't do enough research. I'm like, okay, yeah. So it did well, but it could have done actually even better. Let's make sure that we follow our standards. Maybe spot checking just to make sure that, like you know, some sort of quality control. I think I guess that's what I was thinking. Quality control on the process to make sure that okay, besides. It's like I'm taking a ride from point A to point B, but I'm hoping that as I'm doing this, I'm not breaking a whole bunch of traffic laws It's going correctly. Okay, Ayat, plans for next week?
1: So we're actually meeting our business coach in person. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be a couple of two intense days of talking and discussing and mapping and all this looking forward to that. And then also just, I think part of that is discussing the rollout of all the roles and expectations to the rest of the, the team, kind of disseminating all of that information and getting everybody on the same page. And what does that entail? What does that look like? How do we make sure that rollout is smooth? And how do we make sure the follow-up is smooth? Because that's also part of it, right? So yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting things in the coming days. How about yourself?
0: Okay, we're meeting with Omar. So that's exciting. Looking forward to that. And there's a lot of 2024 plans that are taking place, whether it's, okay, what are the features that we're going to be working on in the first six months or feature release plan, sales targets, marketing targets, all of these activities that are happening. What resources do we need to hire? There is just a lot that's getting planned. It's exciting. It's a little stressful going through that exercise. But what's absolutely amazing whether it's invest or FakePi, is sometimes when you're in the midst of doing everything, you forget where you're at and the journey that you've gone. FakePi, where it is, and invest, where both companies are, the state that they're in. And this year is 10 times better than last year. And I don't know, 50 times better than 12 years before. So this constant improvement, that is very pleasing. And it's okay, well, yeah, we're we're, we're on the right track and we're doing the right thing. More planning will be exciting to see how things go. Awesome. Well, until next time, I want to ask our listeners, those who have been listening to us for a while now, no matter where you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, where else do people listen? Spotify. That's the other place that I listen, but there's probably a few other places that I'm not thinking of. We would love for you to leave us a review if you like this podcast. And until next time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode from Boot Trapped. If you learned something new from this podcast or got some useful insights, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Until next time.